Today's episode is brought to you by Julia Hampton. Julia Hampton CPA PC has been your trusted source for local tax preparation, payroll, and business services for more than 20 years. Do you have a tax strategy heading into 2019? Mine is try not to pay any if possible. But if you don't, you should, and to get one, you should call Julia Hampton today at 816-554-0394. Hello again, and welcome to Lee's Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is podcasting from a slapdash temporary studio in his mom's basement. It's Nick Parker, publisher of Link to Lee's Summit. I don't know whether to be more embarrassed by slapdash or mom's basement. Well, I, I think the journalist is in you is embarrassed by slapdash, and the fact that you're an internet-based journalist... Uh, giving giving media from mom's basement you know you've lived up to the stereotype so you should be welcome yeah guess what i'm not a millennial but i still moved back home for two days two whole days (laughs) link to lee summit is the source for all the news you need to know about this very fine city and today's unofficial sponsor are packing boxes because i know that's what's going to make my co-host cringe (laughs) you know i know when you and your family moved you found you had a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. My family and I, we moved this weekend. After 20 years, there is way too much stuff. This is true. And, and I still have, I think there are, when we moved the last time in the lead up before it, there were boxes that hadn't been unpacked since the prior move, like five years before or eight years before. It was bad news. Fortunately, we got through all those. We have... Way too much stuff, but less of it than we used to. So we do. We have can. far less stuff than we used to, and we are much better off. But Jason, that's not why I'm sad. It's not the boxes. It's not all the stuff, and maybe it's a little bit of joy with sadness. So long, District Four. I'm out. No longer do you have to vote for the least crazy monkey in the monkey house. You get somebody new. We don't know who yet, but we're going to see what that is. So, yep, pour one out for old District 4 Studio. Guess what? I'm bringing the fun to District 1. Uh, Nick Parker is going to be a medium-term temporary downtown resident for this foreseeable future. So that's kind of exciting. But, uh, you know, congratulations to you and I believe District 4's loss is District 1's game. We're excited. We're going to be downtown residents. We've wanted this for a long, long time, and now we're there. Jason, you know what else is exciting? What is exciting? Brand new restaurant opening up this week, and you and I got to go in and sample it. Pearl Tavern, another gym from the Andy Locke, Dom Hall, Malloy team. You betcha. Now, I'm going to say this up front. Like, I have, we started this podcast over a year ago now, and I've been involved in Lee Summit stuff for, for a decade um, on, on and off and in various forms. And all I've ever asked, the only perk I've ever asked from all the stuff we do around here, all the involvements, is that I can get like occasional early invites to cool things like restaurant openings and stuff like that. And this one was my first. And it was 100% worth it. The food was top-notch, the drinks were excellent, and the desserts, 
were stupid good. There was only one bad thing about our night of tasting. It had to end. Yeah, it was tremendous. So we looked at their menu, and this is an important thing. We looked at their menu while eating the things that Andy and Dom brought to us. They were all, by the way, just all excellently executed and really, really good. They had tacos. So we're going to go back, and we're going to sample the tacos for our review board in the future. Speaking of, the taco review board is back. This week, Jason, you and I really ventured out of our comfort zone. <laughs> and we walked down the street to Stewie McBrews on Taco Tuesday. Yes, we did. Or now, taco Thursday. It was Tuesday. Because it was, it was in between our two meetings that we had uh, downtown. So you, I had a meeting, and then we had a gap, and you had a meeting, and we met in the middle. We had tacos. So Taco Tuesday is something that obviously Stewie McBruce does every Tuesday. They do their tacos. They have a couple of tacos, uh, a, I believe it was a chicken and a beef taco. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. I just I make sure it's, my, good, it's not a good sign that you're forgetting things. Well, I get my meats confused sometimes. It's a sign of old age. <laughs> anyway. We went, they were, they're, they're the special tacos for special. It's not on their normal menu. Uh, they came with a, a lovely slow cooked prepared meat, uh, shredded with uh, a pickle, like onion and relish thing on top. And it, they were very good. These are I not was, normal menu item tacos. These are only served on Taco Tuesdays. Right. And I think you and I said that I think our favorite was the chicken. Which is um, odd for me because typically... I'm, I'm anti-chicken on the, on the Mexican Tex-Mex scale. I want beef or I want pork, but this was different. Yep, they came across, they did really good, so those are good. So I think we learned two things. One, if you're in downtown and you're fixing for a taco on a Tuesday, you can't go wrong going to the student Bruce tacos. That's one thing. What's the the second? second thing we learned is we're going to have to go back and do off-the-menu tacos later. That's true. That's true. Jason, let's actually get into something real now. Oh, God. But I want to talk about tacos more. Instead of tacos, it's time for the return of our favorite episode. As the council turns. How old does the podcast have to be before we get music instead of me making the music, visual music signal uh, here on the audio only broadcast? Yeah, I can keep begging. Yeah, well, you're the one who does this stuff, so I'm blaming you. It's your fault, Nick Parker. Yeah, all right, I'll take it. Hey, look, there, there's not a whole lot to talk about now. We brought up a couple episodes ago, Jason, that um, there has been a string of development projects coming before the council for conceptual incentive requests. Now, this isn't a formal request. This isn't you know approval or denial by the city council. This is just a, a concept of what they may be asking for to make this development happen. The reason we bring it up this early in, in the stage as a point of interest is because this really gives us a feel as, as voters, as constituents of what each of the council members and the mayor think about the different incentive packages and what they may or may not put on the table for these development projects. Right. So, we, we watched not only the, uh, the one several weeks ago, the Streets of West Pryor, but we also watched the, the one uh, from last week, uh, the uh, Summit Apartments, which we're going to get into more detail on in a minute. 
And we're just, uh, we're really, we're going to kind of focus on these two. There, there have been several, but these I think, and I think ho- most will probably agree, these are probably the two big ones. Out right, of the, big, the big shiny projects, if you will. Right, right? And that we love shiny. We do. We are easily distracted in this way. So, so the, the, the West Pryor uh, projects, I think, were, were interesting because it's a, it was a, it's a big area. It has a lot of different uses on it. There was a hotel proposed, a grocery store, uh, senior residential, typical apartment family residential, some restaurant pads, things of that nature. So there was like all the things. What was interesting is when this project first, and it's, it's had a few names, if I remember right, over the last, what, eight months or so as, it's, as they've been working on this. The senior living was a point of contention early on when they first started talking to, lo- to the neighborhoods around the property and stuff. But the, I think the big things that came up that we heard questions about from council this time around was about um, possible conference space and about the grocery store, whether or not that was a necessary component. Right. Okay. So keep in mind, the, the once again, very conceptual. We don't have any hard plans in front of us yet, though if my understanding is correct, there will be an, some, uh, a preliminary plan coming through planning here in the next uh, several, in the next couple of months. But the, uh, the hotel as proposed did not have a conference or convention space at least attached to that. The developer expressed some willingness to uh, look into that when questioned, and I think it was very important, it appeared very important to the council members and the mayor that that is something that they really would like to see in that development. And it may be the kind of thing that they want to tie the incentive approval to, or they might be willing to give more incentive to get that product, uh, that convention or conference space, than they would be otherwise. And I think that's something to watch because this is one of the pieces of, I think, Mayor Baird's vision for the next few years is that he really wants to see and sees a, a need for the city to have a, a conference convention center type of space somewhere. Right. Uh, the other, I think, notable piece there was, um, well, there was, I guess, two parts. One is the uh, conference conversation about a grocery store. Um, you know, now working over in downtown KCK, uh, I, I have a better understanding of what is meant by the concept of a food desert. There are, it is, you have to go a significant way to find a grocery store. You can't get one right there in downtown KCK. Lee Summit does not qualify as a food desert by any means. We are rich with grocery stores. Heck, that intersection has a grocery store right nearby in the Target, right? There's, but there's, there's grocery stores in the Walmarts. There's a couple of Hy-Vees, several Price Choppers, a Sprouts. There are many, many grocery options. Now, that North... West quadrant of the city, though, there has long been discussion about demand for a, a bigger grocery option. Right. And, and what is being proposed here is not a very big grocery op- option. It's a fancy grocery option, which is fine. So but I would say there was some But it's a, it's a grocery centric. I mean, you mentioned that there yes. is one in the Target, but it's inside the target. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's part of a, a it is, grander plan. It is different. And so there was some skepticism proposed uh, by at least one council member about whether we have an actual market need uh, for, a, for a grocery store. And, and then, you know, some skepticism provided as to what, you know, is that going to be a net positive to us as a city in terms of sales tax generation and, and those things? Or is it just a, 
we have X number of, you have a, a pie of a certain size and dropping another grocery store and it just feeds, splits the pie. Well, and that was a that was a very specific point from Councilmember Bob Johnson, who brought up. I don't know if worry is probably not the best word for it, but I think he brought up the question of: Are we just cannibalizing current grocery stores and other retailers by adding more here into this development? Right, and and Councilmember Johnson is, I think, a longtime skeptic of of incentives, uh, specifically TIF uh, and some others. But uh, and then he also he also likes to, tends to focus on these projects um, on how many jobs are going to be created. You know, what are we going to get in terms of tax base generation from incomes taxes and people living here and making money and spending money and, and owning property and what have you in the city as a result of that. And that's hard to measure, which, you know, I think lends to his skepticism, but also it makes it very difficult to sort of counteract his skepticism. Uh, in that rate. And then I think the final piece that was interesting, and we mentioned this in our when we previewed this uh, three, four weeks ago now, is the, the proposed piece in that conceptual plan about a rebate of the uh, hotel and industry tax that, um, or what's commonly called the bed tax, uh, that they looked into that. And that was greeted very skeptically by most of the council members who said anything about it at all. I would, I would categorize that as a cool reception. Right. And I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, if they're going to get, you know, I, my guess would be is if they're going to continue to push for that particular incentive, they're going to have to come with conference space or something to give that, that extra oomph. And they may have to say, look, we can't give you this extra oomph unless we get this piece to go along with it. And it may still not fly, but if you're going to ask for, you know, the moon and the stars, you better deliver something really nice. Pause real quick. I got a question for you before I bring this up. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to bring up the Lopez office space question. Okay. What's, and I know you're not, you're not the journalism background, but are we referring to him as Beto or Jose? Uh, he goes by Beto. So I go with Beto. Councilmember. Okay. Or Councilmember Lopez, whatever. I always like to say first name too. You know, I think one other thing that I was I was curious about there was Councilmember Beto Lopez brought up a question about whether or not there was a need for office space in this development. Jason, I think we've heard from other developers and others in that development arena that there there is a need for some more office space, particularly Class A office space in Lee Summit. So it was interesting to me that Councilmember Lopez brought that up about this specific development. I, I thought so. I, I, I guess I would have a slightly different take is we, nobody has wanted to build Class A office space in the city at any point in the recent past. Uh, and I'm not sure that there is a market. I think we would like there to be a market for it, but I'm not sure that there really is a market unless we get a, you know, an office type, uh, business to come in, you know, a headquarters type business that would require that space. And I, I don't see anybody building that to what they call spec. And you were longer in the real estate industry than I was for sure. Well, ever. <laughs> but they were not, they're not going like to call a that a, a flyby the industry. Right. Uh, and I mean, they're not going to build a speculative building, class A office building, and then hope someone comes and rents it. What they want is someone to say, we want class A office space. Uh, 
build it for us and lease summit. And that's what that somebody that's what a developer is going to want to be. So I'm not surprised that it wasn't there. Um, I would love there to be one, but I think you know until an actual demand occurs, you're not going to see it. The other big one, Jason, is and you and I. This is kind of our wheelhouse. You are a former downtown Lisa Mount Main Street board member. I am a newly elected Main Street board member. But there is now talk. One of these other big ones was about a possible development bringing apartments to the downtown Lee Summit area. Yes, um, this is pretty exciting, actually, I think. Um, so as, as many of you will know, who, who are in and around downtown, even occasionally, the, uh, the Methodist Church, the Summit Church at 2nd and Douglas, uh, has, uh, has had their building for sale for some time. They built a new facility on View High Drive. And they are in the process of, and if not, already moved to that new facility. And they are, they have now sold, or at least have under contract, a, their building to a developer. Cityscape Residential is the, the developer in question. And they came last week to the council with a conceptual plan for their incentive request for that build. And it was, I think, simpler. Uh, number one, it's a one purpose, one piece deal. It's an apartment complex with a garage attached, but I mean, it's a, it's all, it's not like a mixed bunch of mixed uses. It's one use. The garage is probably the, the piece that is going to spark the most conversation from people. Right. And that's I think where the incentives come in. Right. And that's where they're really asking for the incentives. And so what this is, is essentially, so downtowns are, different in a lot of ways than what we here in Lee Summit think of when we think of developments, right? So typically when you're building a new strip mall or a big box retail or other development or a restaurant, you want parking like out as far as you can reach to get your parking. And, you know, so the, the typical asphalt sea of parking and I don't care for every day in your new job. Right. Well, actually, no, there's lots of structured parking there. But in a downtown environment, you don't have that much land. If you were to try to build apartments, 200 and some units of apartments or whatever they have in that, uh, in that uh, proposed development, and then the parking spaces to go along with it, which is like one and a half, so like 400 parking spaces was, I think, what they were aiming at, you would need multiple blocks. You'd need like two blocks of space instead of one. And so it requires, in order to park the residence, which is the one major requirement that we have in down in the downtown, you have to build your parking up. And that's expensive. Uh, just a regular parking space is some pretty significant number of dollars per space. The Once you start building a structure, you're like twenty to $30,000 per space to build parking uh, in, in this con- construction environment. So it's really expensive. And that is a killer for development. So that's why this development is asking for uh, tax increment financing for the full length for a whole bunch of money um, on the what would be the increased value. Well, they're not asking yet. Land. I think it's important that we keep, we keep note of this, that this is a conceptual ask. It's right. not a formal ask yet. Not a formal ask. So, but they were proposing in this concept that they were putting forth this um, development. And then they match the numbers up. And it doesn't quite pay for all of the parking, if my memory serves, but it does pay for a lot of it. Um, and, and that's how they 
they make it so they can have the parking spaces available, keep the apartment rents affordable, and do that. And so that's the idea behind that. Now, whether or not you agree with it or not is a function of the whole thing. But so it's a little bit simpler because it's a little bit more defined tool they think they thought they could really get at and did that with it. I think what we're going to find, though, Jason, is that any development plan that comes forward to add density to the downtown area, which is part of the downtown master plan, which I believe the past two council bodies, you know, have, have taken that on as a goal as people, people want to add more density, more people to the downtown area. But this is the second, maybe third plan now that's come forward that includes the need for adding more parking, another parking structure, and what we're seeing, Jason, is probably not going to see a developer come forward with that and not ask for incentives to build it. I think you're correct. Now, and I will say that I think in general, um, the council was probably more receptive to this incentive request um, or incentive concept, pardon me, uh, than they were to either the West Prior or to any of the previous downtown applications. Um, there's some, you know, various reasons for that, but I think they were a little bit more receptive to it as a general whole, uh, than they, they have been in the past. There were some questions, uh, once again, uh, council member Johnson, uh, was concerned about what taxes aren't being paid. And this is actually, I want to come to that because this is an interesting. About a million, and then what the on increase over that million dollars as they build the new project, so that they would actually start paying some property taxes where before they weren't paying any. So that's an interesting, an interesting take on that. Um, that is, you know, it's something that we'll, we'll see that's out there. So it's, it's a situation where a, a tax incentive request might be more palatable because instead of taking it from something that was producing property taxes to something that wasn't or wasn't producing any, they're taking one that was producing none to something that was producing some, but a lot less than it otherwise could. And so it may make that a little bit more palatable and may help keep, you know, some of the other entities um, that are interested in property tax collections like the schools and libraries and whatnot, a little bit happy. I, I think what we've seen over the, over the last few weeks, and, and I want to say this as we wrap up this, this part of the conversation, is we've seen, Jason, the kind of conversations and the kind of questionings that, that we've been asking for, that, we've, you, that you and I over the last 18 months have, have called for. Uh, actually looking into these things and, and and having good back and forth discussions about what's the best way for the city to move forward. Yeah. It's amazing. Sometimes what an election will do for you. <laughs> all in all, I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping that one of these, one of these will, um, will get through. I'd like to see some more, some more apartments built downtown. I think, I think it will be good for the businesses, which in turn is good for sales tax, which is an, in turn is good for the city. 
to wrap up this little portion, Jason, I think this is what we really want to say is since this is at the conceptual point of conversation, it's not a formal request yet. Now is the time that if you as a listener constituent and voter, if you are interested in any of these projects or you have questions about the incentive plan, now is the time to reach out to your council member and get your voice heard to let them know your questions, to let them know your opinion. And that, Jason, that's the point of all that we do here for the last 18 months. You're right. Now, you've got a lot of opportunities to do that. There's the, if, if they're asking for uh, tax and government financing, there's a commission for that that you can go to. There's obviously the phone lines and email lines. The city, city council members' offices, the mayor's office is always available. It'll come to the planning commission. It'll be back to the city council, I think, at least twice before it becomes an official thing. So you've got a lot of chances to get involved with that and, and do that. And that to tag back into what I say at the intro to every episode is what you can do to make a difference. And that is kind of why we're here to talk about that today. I think, you know, and you and I have said this over and over several times, but sometimes when you look at what's happening in Jefferson city or Washington, DC, you, you, you feel like or downtown Lee summit, <laughs> you feel like you can't really make a difference that you can't affect change, but that's why we always push get involved locally because here you can affect change. You can be a part of the process if you get involved. And, and I'll say that there is no more powerful voice to that a city council person wants to hear um, as a starter, let alone all the volunteerism and the opportunities to get engaged with your community that we've talked about and interviewed people for over the years. But not only those, but there's no more powerful voice than just a, an interested citizen calling up a city council person and going, hey, I've got concerns about this. Um, they listen and they respond. On this show, on our little podcast for which I have received a grand, huge salary of zero dollars and a couple of beers over the course of a year and a half. I think there was some has, bourbon too. Yeah, and I think there was some tacos a couple of times. So, I mean, you know, I'm rich, right? I can't complain. Um, I'm clearly doing this for the money and the tacos. and uh, But even we have made a difference. People stop us um, when we're out and about, especially those who know us a little bit, and say, hey, I caught, your, I caught your podcast over the election or whatever, and, you know, we notice and we hear, and it, it impacts the way people talk about things and what have you. And I think part of what we want to do when we do that is we want to be able to allow people to have good conversations to talk about the actual issues in a way that you don't get lost in the rancor and the grumpiness and the bile back and forth that we saw way too much of over the last couple of years. I think that right there is, is, is right on point. I think when, when you and I came up with this idea literally on a napkin at a bar, it was, we didn't like the way people were talking, that there were real issues that we should be talking about, but we were all distracted by some blathering and some loud mouth talk that was just simply a distraction from the real thing. It's not hard, Jason. Some of the things that we talk about sometimes, I just said not hard. It is hard sometimes. Some of the things we talk about, Jason, it goes against my personality of I want to avoid conflict usually, but sometimes I think we have to be willing to be a little bit critical. We have to be willing to take criticism 
so that we can have the, the real conversations about the real issues of our community. Right, and that's not us being critical for the sake of it. Uh, that is us being critical because we want to see things more productive and, and better suited and what have you. When, when we put forth an opinion, um, especially me, I, I've been known to be opinionated on at least one or two occasions on just this a podcast, little bit. like just today. And, you know, even when we put forth an opinion, it's not an opinion meant to denigrate those who may disagree. It's to say, hey, this is where we're coming from. You know, have this conversation about this issue. Here's, you know, here's, here's one person's viewpoints targeted to the things we're actually wanting to talk about. Well, you know, and we probably don't always hit the mark. And oftentimes when you and I try to be funny, we're, we're not. Oh, no, we never hit that mark. <laughs> we, we never hit that. But I think an example that we strive for, and Jason, when we sit down before we actually hit the record button, you and I, you and I go through our issues and the things we want to talk about each week. And we try to, to make sure that we are always talking about the issue. And I think it's very important that you and I make that conscious effort and that everyone in the community makes that conscious, purposeful effort to make the discussions always about the issue and not about people. Right. And so just keep in mind, you know, this is, these are things that are important and personal to us in that we care about our city. And we know that those who listen to our podcast tend to agree with us on that front. We all care about this fine community. We have to keep that in mind when we disagree or we have criticism of the way or the path in which we may be taking to get to a point that it's not because we think that so-and-so is a bad person with, with the exception of perhaps my co-host. And, but oh, instead, man. I know, Hey, look, if I'm going to try, I got to try it to somebody, I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> uh, but that where it's not that it's that we, we think, Hey, we want this to be better and we want this to go in this, you know, in a positive direction, help us get there. And maybe what's happening right now isn't helping us get there. So I that's just, a great point. That's a great place to start. And I think, you know, a, a good example of that, Jason is, is, is before the last election, everyone was talking about salaries in the city and stuff. And I, and I think it was important to keep reminding people, everyone had the same goal. And everyone has the same goal now. We all want to make sure that we're moving forward, that it's a better community tomorrow than it was today. And if we can all start there, we've done a big, big thing. Right. And I think that's where, that's where we are, and that's where I think our strengths have lied over the last year. And, and we're committed to keeping that and keeping moving forward on that front. So please get involved, stay involved, um, stop us, yell at us, talk to us. If you see us out on the street, send subscribe us subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, send us messages through the Facebooks, the Twitters, what have you. And more importantly, keep the conversation going with your neighbors, your coworkers and your friends. Cause it's all about the betterment of the community. And with that, we'll most likely see you next week. We'll not see, but they'll hear us again. There's the whole funny thing that we missed. Yeah. episode is brought to you by budget blinds of lee's summit hey jason 
what's your favorite high school in the Lee Summit area? You want to win uh, some no. money for that one? No, I don't want to make any enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't well, hey, go to one, so I'm not going to pick one. Folks, whether or not your favorite local high school is Lee Summit, Lee Summit West, Lee Summit North, Summit Christian Academy, St. Michael's, whichever one it is, you're going to get your chance to vote on the budget blinds of Lee Summit Facebook page and get a little money to your favorite school's athletic booster club. That's absolutely right. They, you get to go follow the Facebook page for Budget Barnes of the Summit. Uh, they're going to be posting pictures. You get to vote for your favorites, and the winner is going to have their school colors featured in a window display at Budget Blinds, and a little bit of uh, Booster Club money will go their way. And really what all this boils down to, Jason, is some pretty darn cool technology that Budget Blinds offers, where you get to create your own designs, your own colors, and then it makes your own fabric for your drapes. It's pretty impressive stuff. So folks, if you want to do orange and link to Lee Summit, you've got my support. Now there's a high school that we can get behind. Well, high school? I think great school. Yeah, well, that's our maturity level, not perhaps <laughs> where we actually should be. So go to facebook.com slash budget blinds Lee Summit, check out their ads, vote for your favorite, win somebody some money. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.